This is First Nature on the Rising Man Podcast. Good day to you, Rising Man family. This is your host, Sean Berry, bringing you another installation of the First Nature segment here on the Rising Man Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's topic, Spring Equinox, it is here. We have journeyed around, all the way around the sun, yet again. And uh, it's an auspicious time. If you're living in the medial uh, latitudes, um, because the seasons change very distinctly. So, uh, you know, I shared about Spring Equinox last year on the podcast, and today, uh, a little bit of a different show, because I realized when I was getting out on the land to go record this, that I was a little bit in a rush. Um, I wasn't feeling very connected to nature myself lately, just because of the winter months, not getting outside as much, and I've been on the road a lot, and and I, re- I realized once I got outside to start recording that I wasn't feeling connected myself, and I was... I just shifted mid-gear. And that's really what this uh, episode is about. It's just, an, uh, you know, I recognize that there's a lot of a lot of podcasts, a lot of information, a lot of personalities, a lot of paradigms. And, uh, you know, there's so much coming at us from out there on the interwebs. And if anything, I really always want to do my best to be, to be coming from an authentic, sincere, and vulnerable place. That really is my highest goal. So I switched gears. And... Um, and you'll hear more about that as you drop into the show. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know, it's just an opportunity to get to know me on a personal level a little more and steps that I take. I really do follow my own advice in this uh, podcast, but this specifically is kind of happening real time in the podcast about me just recognizing I wasn't feeling connected and that I needed to do something in that moment to get connected. Don't forget, as always, head over to risingman.com and... You know, we're a, third of, a fourth of the way through the year now, and there's still time to jump into some of these amazing programs, especially if you're a man and you're looking for uh, deepening the connection to yourself, to your community, to this planet. Um, there's so much, so much going on. So please do go to risingman.com, check out the programs tab, and without further ado, uh, enjoy the show. I'll see you on the other side. I'm out here in Topanga Canyon, California, taking a hike on one of the many lovely trails. Um, it's been super rainy here, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of washouts, a lot of mud, a lot of water, so I'm watching my step. And there's a lot of really beautiful uh, <laughs> spring shoots coming up everywhere. Uh, it's amazing how f- fecund and dense the chaparral can be in spring. Um, everything's coming alive right now. And uh, I guess what? We're really close to that transition point that we all like to mark, spring equinox. And uh, so, yeah, I just want to share a little bit about my thoughts on spring equinox. And and uh, there's one I did last year about spring equinox, and we talked about certain things there. But what I really wanted to talk about today was um, just the, uh, like, why is it important why is, it, why is it something we track? Why do we want to know when it's spring equinox? And yes, there is this, you know, long-standing 
uh, connection to uh, our agriculture, right? How when, you know, 15,000 some years ago, when we stopped moving around and started learning how to plant and harvest food, it became really important to know in the uh, seasonal zones when it was time to plant and using the stars and the sun to sort of track those points in the year where it was not too early to plant and not too late to plant um, really helped us make sure we were able to grow enough food to sustain ourselves in place instead of migrating foraging around all the time but i think there's something even more interesting more fascinating kind of phenomenal about not just the solstice but the equinoxes too but these these just kind of auspicious things about our planet the planet we're living on this planet earth you know and if you uh you know are tracking any of this kind of stuff you'll know that um we are a planet orbiting a star, which is one of billions of stars inside a galaxy called the Milky Way, which is one of billions of galaxies. And of all these billions of stars and billions of galaxies, I mean, the numbers are, the, the numbers are so impossible to crunch in our heads. It's just, it's too much, right? And we've been looking. How can it be that Earth is the only planet that is this unique, this fantastic? We've been looking for a long time. We have telescopes out there that, that have identified 5,000 other planets, give or take a handful, that are about the size of Earth, um, that are orbiting about the same distance from a star that's about the same size and heat as the, our sun. And they're not even remotely close to anything like Earth. They're just big, hot, rocky, balls without uh, spheres, without atmospheres, or with atmospheres so noxious, um, there's just, there's no chance of life, as we know it anyway, right? So I'm just looking for a place to sit down. Um, it's so wet here, so I'm looking for a dry spot. So yeah, I think what's really on my heart today is knowing that I myself, because it's been so rainy and I've been on the move a lot over the holidays and into this early year, I haven't been getting outside that much to connect with nature in the way that I really like to, that makes me feel like I'm really part of it. And um, and I, know, I knew that I needed to get this podcast ready to post, um, but I'm not feeling connected. And so I'm, I've been, I'm cautious about speaking from a place that doesn't feel authentic right now. So a big part of this video today is me just um, being vulnerable and just exposing uh, that I'm going to just sit here and get connected to nature while I talk to you and just to let the permeate, let it permeate me, right? And, and I've uploaded a few videos that have given some guidings on how to go out there and connect with nature just to help and support people do that. But this one's, a little, this one's a little different because as I sit here and talk to you and I, and I can feel, you know, I start to remember as I slow down and just step out here in nature. I'm, I'm literally only 15 minutes away from where I was staying last night. Nature is very close to us all, even if it's just a local park. And um, I can hear that airplane coming in. Uh, I can hear a little bit of traffic on the road down below. 
And, uh, and it's all part of it. There's a part of me that knows that unless I'm going to go out there and hide away in the middle of nowhere where there's no, you know, no people, um, yeah, I can really get deep, deep, deep into uh, being as nature connected as I possibly can. But I know the thing that's going to stop me from doing that is I'm going to get lonely. I'm going to miss conveniences. I'm going to miss people I love and care about. I'm going to miss being in the thrill and excitement of um, just being a human in this time and all the things we have access and, and ability to do. So I'll just say that, um, you know, if you've been listening to the First Nature segments, thank you. And if you've been getting something from it, um, I'm so glad. And I, I don't know how you, uh, you know, picture me just coming through as someone who's professing to be a nature connection, you know, nature connection enthusiast who may appear to be very nature connected and seems to know what they're talking about all the time, but I don't, you know, I don't. All I know is that um, I can always connect deeper with nature. There's, there's no way to be completely connected. It's a journey. And that every day I wake up, I have a choice. I have a choice to make about what do I want to be most focused on? There's, you know, in this day and time we have, we can be, we can put our attention on so many things. And for me, I know that when I really slow down and stop, um, what I want to be most focused on is nature. And why is that? Because I know that I am wholly dependent on nature. Everything, everything. You probably can hear that barking dog. (laughs) Everything I touch, everything I ingest, everyone I interact with, all the ways that I interact with anything, all the objects, the air I breathe, the water I drink, that's all earth. And how often I find myself blasting through my days, not really making the connection not making the connection that the phone I'm texting on while I'm driving with the cruise control on trying to get to some town from another town uh, is all happening because it's sitting on the foundation of nature I've said this before you can't be nature disconnected. That's, that's a little bit of a misnomer to say that um, you know if you if you need nature connection, that's there's an assumption that you're nature disconnected. You can't be nature disconnected. You can, maybe okay. We'll say it this way: you can be nature unconsciously connected, right? And maybe that's the distinction that we can be consciously aware of our connection to nature, or we can be consciously unconsciously aware of our connection to nature. And I do feel like a lot of us, myself included, spend a lot of our day and time, our lives, going through and being nature unconsciously connected. And there's some construction going on back there. And even in this moment, as I listen to the dogs barking and that construction happening, and all these things that I feel like are distracting me from my, my intention to connect to nature. I have to remind myself that that's all those tools, that dog, like these aren't things that fell down from outer space onto our planet from a different world. They are all on some level an incarnation of the very dirt we walk on. That's where it all came from. 
but I am gonna move because that's a little loud. So let's walk and talk. Um, so as I kind of drop in here a little more, um, slowing down, right? Just getting out on the trail slows me down. Um, and I'm just looking down the, the ground right now because it's, it's a little treacherous with the, uh, the mud and the, it's a little slippery and steep. And I'm just looking at all this water and I'm thinking about, and then I start thinking about how magical water is, right? Um, I've been on this writing project for a while. I've been spending a lot of my days um, at libraries. And there's, um, there's a college up the coast here in Malibu, uh, Pepperdine College, you may have heard of it. Their public is actually, or their library is actually open to the public, which is pretty cool. And it's an amazing library. And uh, they have these huge, giant, like 10 by 10 window panes that overlook, they're up on a bluff and they overlook the ocean. You can see probably like, I don't know, probably like a good 20, 30 miles out over the ocean. And there's moments where I'll take a little break from writing and just look out and just look at all the water, the ocean, like this massive, massive body of water. And I'll just be like, what is, what is that stuff? What a phenomenal, phenomenal substance. And we think about how it's, it's how it touches every aspect of our lives, water. And I was just letting myself be stunned by that. And, and now just walking through here, I'm looking at just the water. There's, uh, if you're watching the video, you can see this, but um, there's just like these channels of water running right down the middle of the path. And I think about where is it going? What's its mission? And a big part of my nature connection when I really start to drop back into it is, is giving nature the benefit of a doubt when it comes to sentience, right? Um, we can argue and debate all day long scientifically about whether other life forms have any kind of awareness or sentience anywhere near, you know, what humans have. But I find for me that it's much more easier to connect to nature if I, if I allow myself to uh, em embrace that it does have a sentience. And there's a difference between anthropomorphizing something and uh, acknowledging that something has intelligence on its own, right? So, for instance, here's a great example. Um, there's a plant out here called the wild cucumber. Uh, I can't remember its Greek name. Um, and again, if you're watching the video, you can see this, but I'm just going to zoom in a little bit on how these, uh, I don't know if you can see this, but as this plant grows, it's like a vine, right? There it is. And as it grows up other plants, it sends out these little uh, tendrils, similar to the way like string beans do. And somehow it, like, it knows when it gets near something that it can, you know, a tendril will touch something, it'll get stimulated, it'll start to wrap and curl itself around it and, and draw its stalk to that other plant for the support to keep growing upwards, right? Now, <laughs> how does it, how does it know to do that? Even in, the, in our language, it's hard to speak to something with, 
you know, like about that without putting some kind of intelligence into it. How does it, right, it, meaning there's, a, there's this other entity that we're describing. How does it know? Like knowing, uh, this is such an obtuse word. But yet I see things like that as I walk and slowly let myself get more in touch where it feels good. It feels good to think that things actually do have an awareness and a sentience and that, um, and that actually uh, I think a lot about some of my upbringing as a, as a young Christian boy in a very Christian family. And in Sunday school, you've, you know, you've probably all heard this, you'll get that, uh, that lesson about God's always watching you. God is always watching you. Even when you're alone, God's watching, right? And I think initially that was just a way to you know, try to enforce little kids to be good. Um, but what I, where I see that now, because for me, what's really helped with my nature connection journey and spiritual texts is anytime I hear a reference to God or, um, you know, anything that speaks to that higher, that highest divine all-knowing power, I just replace it with nature or earth. And that really helps me. So these days, instead of saying God is always watching, um, which kind of puts me off. Um, I say nature is always watching because it is. Like right now as I walk down this path, and again, I'm just dropping into my awareness of nature to get reconnected. And I'm using my imagination and my creativity as I walk to just let myself dream up these ways um, that nature can permeate me, that makes me feel connected to it. That's all I'm doing. So I'm thinking about the birds. Right? You might have been hearing these birds chirping around here. I know a lot of them have seen me. Um, I've seen some bugs buzzing through, hopping around. They see me. A little while ago when I was sitting down across the path, I could see a little vole stick his head up out of a hole. I was going to say something, but I didn't. But that vole definitely saw me. And these plants in their own way, you know, I don't, they don't, maybe they don't see me with ocular vision, but I do believe they sense me. I believe that believe action word right I'm, I'm i believe that doesn't make it true it just means that i'm putting my attention and my value into something that i reinforce because it makes me feel more human more engaged with my environment more a part of as opposed to apart from right and uh, yeah, so just in the last five, six minutes I've been talking here, I'm starting to feel myself relax more into nature. I'm starting to feel a little more like I'm a part of the place here. I'm becoming aware of all the little plants. When I first walked up here, I was kind of rushing. I was looking out across the big landscape, trying to figure out where the best spot was going to be to start recording. And now I'm just uh, dropping in. I'm seeing the little things. I'm moving slower. In fact, I'm going to sit down again. I can feel the breeze on my face. I still hear that airplane. That's okay. You know, the funny thing is, another way to look at it is, 
all that we've done, right? All that we've done with nature, all the things we've made out of nature. And, uh, and all the ways that I don't like a lot of the things we've done with nature and I want to run away from it. Surprisingly, nature hasn't run away from it. Nature's stayed around. Nature has watched. Nature's watched us take its resource and do things with it and stuck around, right? Even going into uh, you know downtown city streets, you're still gonna see birds, cockroaches, rats, mice, grass growing through the sidewalks. Nature sticks around and I feel like I don't know if anything, any other life form experiences heartbreak the way that humans do. So I don't know to what degree they're experiencing heartbreak. But I think about what nature connection is like for other species, right? And I know that might be a really out there uh, concept, but, you know, thinking about the birds in the city and the rats in the city and whatever things are scurrying around in the city or other urban places, raccoons, possums, things that you find in the neighborhoods, to know that on some level, looking at it through their eyes, it's like nature has been changing for them dramatically, right? They've watched trees turn into these other structures that we inhabit. They've watched, uh, you know, the ground be transformed into these hard things that we drive around in, right? And I just wonder is, you know, what's it like to, to be able to look at nature to still stick around, even though nature is looking radically different and we don't know if it's something that's gonna be good for us right, or good for anyone. Um, to, to withhold that judgment, even though we feel the pain and the fear. And, um, and I know from my, in my own heart of hearts, you know, as much as I try not to participate in all the things that have, uh, you know, put our climate on a precarious edge, I still do. I can't, I can't, I don't know if I can get out of it. I don't know what it would take. Even just recording this video on the phone, a phone that was made with a lot of resource and energy and um, exploitation and oh my gosh, right? But it feels important to share this, you know, this, these thoughts with you and I feel like people are getting something from them. So it's like, how do you, how do you stop using the tools that help get the message out even though those tools are part of the reason you're putting the message out? I don't know. Whew. So this is about spring equinox, believe it or not. And uh, as I talk, what's occurring to me is just the word equinox, right? Equal, this idea of, of things are balanced on some level. You know, what's literally happening is, so you know, our, our planet's tilted on its axis, right? 23 and a half degrees, and that's why we have seasons. And if our planet wasn't tilted, we wouldn't have seasons in the way that we experience them now we would have zones of seasons that you could travel to, right? So similarly in the way where, you know, the North Pole and the South Pole, doesn't not too much changes there. It would be like that all the way, you know, through the Northern, Hemis Northern and Southern Hemisphere. Uh, equatorially, doesn't change much, right? So if you go to the tropics, it's pretty much the same all year round. 
So in that same way, um, instead of the northern and southern hemispheres having uh, spring, summer, winter, and fall, they would just have somewhere in the middle sustained. And But because our planet is tilted, um, we have these cycles. And I don't think it's any mystery that we as an organism also have cycles and on a lot of different levels, right? So we have cycles of life. We have um, <clears throat> emotional cycles, right? We have uh, experiential cycles that we go through. And uh, to what degree that is directly attached to the fact that uh, our planet has cycles, I, you know, improvable. But I, I like connecting them because that's just another way that I get to stay connected to nature. And so when we come to the equinoxes, particularly spring equinox, you know, this is an opportunity to, to take stock of your, where, where are you at on your, on your cycles, right? Thinking of all the ways that we experience cycles and calling in that day as, as a way to find balance, you know, an equilibrium. Just in that one day, can we take that one day and in synchronicity with the planet itself and our solar system, um, be in equilibrium and find that peace knowing that, uh, you know, it's like the Goldilocks moment. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's just perfect. It's just perfect for that 24 hours, particularly as, you know, your part of the world spins around and comes and faces the sun along that equatorial line. So, feeling myself drop in a little deeper right now. Um, I'm noticing little flowers. Uh, they're incredible. I can hear children in the, in the distance. I think there's a school down the road. And right now I'm just whew, taking a breath and dropping into that equilibrium. And just knowing that that's something that we always have access to. In a way, our planet has taught us that. Our planet has gone through uh, these cycles of seasons for millions, billions of years. They say four billion years, right? How many days is that? I... That's a lot of days, right? And you think of how many equinoxes and solstices um, that this planet has exposed us to, programmed us to. All of life, all of life has gone through a programming of cycles from day one, from that first uh, single cell organism all the way up to who we are. We are programmed on a, on a cyclic awareness. And four times a year, well, actually two times a year with the equinoxes, our planet gives us an opportunity to be in complete and total harmony, complete and total equilibrium with it, with the planet itself, and within ourselves, with each other. So that's my, um, that's my suggestion for this equinox is, can you take that day, just even
even a few hours. I mean, I this podcast is probably going to be about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And hasn't taken that long. It's only taken as long as I've been talking to you to get into that place and to start to feel that relaxation coming in. Oh my God, even right now, just a little breeze that's blowing just feels so delicious. The sun is so warm on my face. There's a little bit of water trickling down off to the side here, a little babbling brook. There's nothing but green in my view and blue, blue skies above. And I can just feel the softness of my own body just merge in with the softness of the dirt here. Just the, the wet, clay-y substrate. And to know that I'm, I'm just looking at myself, right? When I look out at nature, I'm just looking at myself. I am made of the same stuff. And if a couple times a year, the whole planet can put itself into a state of equilibrium, can I not do the same? Can I not put my whole self, all of my cycles, into a state of equilibrium? And just go through the list, emotional, stage of life, um, financial, uh, relational. Uh, you know, you can just make your own list and get as fine as you want. But just doing an inventory and taking some time on, on the day when the planet is the most at equilibrium, uh, when all the forces and energies are lined up to produce equilibrium. Um, what a great day to do that for yourself. Take a journal. Right? Or just get out, take a long walk, make it, you know, go out with a friend. If you want the support, invite a friend or get a small group of friends to go with you. Find a place, go out there, bring some lunches. But at some point, take a few hours to go out there in solo time, right? Lay down on the earth, look up at the sky, and to know that in this moment, on this day, for the next, you know, X number of hours, Things are lined up and we can use that energy to line ourselves up and just go through the list. Make amends, uh, uh, ask for give forgiveness, give forgiveness, um, reassert intentions, right? There's all kinds of things that you can do uh, just to call in that equilibrium as we head into uh, the second uh, portion of our year, right? Can you believe it? It's already uh, three months into the year. This year is already 25% over. So it's moving fast. And uh, this is a great opportunity, a great day just to um, take that in-breath and the nice easy breath out and just check in with the planet. Everything you're doing, when it doesn't matter what it is, how busy you are, how busy you not are, whatever, you, if you get up and walk out the door, or even if you just get up, right, you're operating on the, on the earth. Everything, everything the earth has is, is orchestrating to support you and getting up and going about your day. So what a great opportunity just to recognize the balance in all things that allow that to happen and how relatively balanced our lives are. Um, and just finding the blessing and the gratitude in that and, and, um, and filling our hearts up and our souls up just for a couple hours out in nature with that sense of, you know, on, on this day, in this moment, um, the, equilibri the, you know, the, the equilibrium is here I'm in harmony and with each, each breath I'm taking, all is well. Whew, that's what I'm doing right now. 
It feels really, really good. I literally can feel it in my body, just the relaxation happening. I can feel a little bit of tension dropping out of my chest. I can feel my breaths getting deeper and slower. I can feel my mind lighten, my thoughts slow down a little bit. My senses, like the little eye antennas on a snail are extending out, so my, my hearing is getting more sensitive right now. My sense of touch, just the sensitivity to the, the breeze and the cool shadow and the warm sun, it's becoming more sensitive. My sense of smell, just that I'm checking in with my smell, right? Oh, what can I smell right now? It took me almost 30 minutes to get to that point. And I can't really smell anything. But just the fact that I'm remembering that I have this sense of smell, it's nice to use it. Taste, same thing. Usually when I get out to do a really good nature connection exercise, I go through the senses. And the taste is the one that's kind of the hardest to relate to nature connection, unless you're actively you know, foraging and ingesting things off the land. But even as I breathe in now and just feel that cool air go over my tongue, there is a sense of, you know, humidity. Right? There's a, a moisture on the air that I can detect, just, just a hint of it as I breathe in through my mouth. And then just the, the beauty I'm seeing with my eyes, the incredible continuance of life the cycle, knowing that everything I see here that, that is green right now is being reborn on some level or another. Some, you know, there's obviously there's some plants that are deciduous that, you know, die every season and, and either rebirth from their, uh, their bulbs or shoots or rebirth from a seed. And then there's some plants that are perennial that don't die, but they, you know, their growth goes dormant. And I think a lot about, again, just the cycles in my life and how many times I feel like something's coming to an end. And that sense and that feeling I have of like it's ending, something's over, the loss, the grief, the emptiness, the, the fear of will something come in to replace it. And, um, and just taking a cue from nature and knowing that nature done you know that is the gift of death is that we get to experience the thrill and the joy and the abundance of new life so i'm just taking the promise of nature around me right now as it comes back into its uh its growth its renewal and i'm just feeling that energy a little bit myself i think oh yeah it's spring it's spring Spring equinox is a transition from things being heavy to one side to things being heavy on the other side. We're coming out of the heavy time of death and we're entering the heavy time of life. And there's this one day where we just get to honor and acknowledge that and feel that within ourselves. So that's my invitation to you is get out there, get out there. <laughs> Honestly, if there's just one message that this podcast has, it's just get out in nature. Get out in nature. Start connecting with it. Start talking to it. I don't really care what it looks like. 
how it sounds like. You know, if, if you're finding a way to make that heart connection, that relational connection as if nature is an extension of you, that it, you can start to see it as family, start to have a compassion and a care and a concern for it and a desire to be around it, to be in it, to be seen by the animals and the birds, to see the animals and the birds. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. One more breath. Feeling grateful for this planet. I'm feeling grateful for the opportunity to uh, share this, these thoughts with you. And uh, so grateful for where I live and that I get to experience the seasons. And I'm so grateful for the, just the wonderment, just the fact that our planet's tilted. <laughs> like I wouldn't be talking about any of this if our planet wasn't tilted. So how amazing is that? Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to this uh, segment of First Nature. Uh, appreciate you guys taking a listen. And I hope you got something out of it. I hope you were able to get outside and just um, and be following along with it. And, and to realize that um, nature, you know, being connected to nature, being connected to this planet, essentially, which means being connected to you, to yourself, um, is always, it's right there. It's available all the time in every moment of every day, of every night. And so much of it is just coming out of the land. So much of it is happening in spring with new life. So if you are wanting to deepen your connection to nature, uh, this is such a great time to start because so much is about to happen in spring. Honestly, guys, I know that for me, I I continue to, to you know keep an eye on the men that I associate with because I know how hard it is for me to be out there living authentically, living vulnerably, bringing my full heart and my full strength and my full capacity to everything that I am trying to do in the world to support myself, support my loved ones, support this planet, support my communities. And I need strong, heart-centered, transparent, vulnerable men around me who are doing their work and who understand what their gifts are and what their weaknesses are and, and engaging each other. You know, the men I hang with these days, like we're constantly engaging each other, looking for how we can build each other up and shore up our weaknesses and strengthen our, uh, our strengths. <laughs> Not too poetic. But you get what I'm saying. And uh, I really believe that Rising Man is one of the most, just potentially the best, one of the best communities that you can do that in. So if you're looking for that kind of community and you're looking to do that kind of work, um, you've come to the right place. So risingman.com. Um, if, you, if you're getting something from the podcast <clears throat> and the content on, on Rising Man, uh, please do hit the like button, write reviews. And again, I'm Sean Barry. And, uh, you know, find out who you are inside by getting outside. I'll see you next time.